Welcome to the Write It Down podcast. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Our next guest is such a special young woman. She has been through unimaginable grief as she experienced losing her baby daughter, Myla, at only a few months old. Lauren has navigated through pain, anguish, and confusion. She has fought each day to grasp hope. Lauren is passionate about leaving a legacy for sweet Myla and encouraging people to reach out for hope. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I have an amazing, beautiful inside and out guest, Lauren Jackson. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super thrilled to, to have you on today, and I know that you have journeyed through a lot the last year and a half. Um, it has not been a linear and um, happy journey. There's been a lot of grief in your story, but seeing you now, you seem so joyful. You seem hopeful, um, which is always good. So yes. we're hoping to um, shed some light on Lauren's story today, but also um, offer you guys hope because there's always hope ahead. Mm -hmm. So um, Lauren, I would love for you to share just a little bit about um, what you've gone through over the last year and a half for those who don't know you or don't follow you on social media and aren't aware of your story. Okay, yes, I can, I'll probably tell the whole thing just with maybe not as much details, but um, I got pregnant in 2022 with a beautiful baby girl. Um, The pregnancy was awesome. The birth was amazing. Um, Both my parents were there and her father and my sister-in-law. Perfect. Um, I loved being a mom. It was the best time of my life. And one night, uh, I didn't sleep a lot the whole week, and I babysat for Mariah. Mm -hmm. I watched her two little boys and and Myla, my daughter. Um, So to kind of say thank you, she was like, let me watch her on Thursday and... um, you know, do whatever you want. You can nap because she knows I hadn't been sleeping at all because Milo was a little sassy. And so I was like, no, I'm going to go on a date night with her dad. Um, I just felt really separated from him. We didn't really see each other a lot. He was working again. Yeah. So we did. Um, I was checking in on Milo like every 30 minutes and she was awesome. And Mariah was Mariah's amazing with kids. Yeah. And we were home at 830. She dropped Milo off and I remember going to bed. I don't remember much details and then um uh at 4 a.m i woke up and i looked over in her bassinet and she wasn't in there and i just panicked like i immediately knew something was really wrong and then i looked to my other side and she was just laying there with her arms up like she slept a lot and i went to pick her up i didn't know why she was in the bed and um, her head just fell and i was like something is so wrong so I start screaming, and Clint is the dad's name. He wakes up, and we immediately bring her to the living room to do CPR. Mm. Um, and I was just panicking. I was trying to call 911. Long story short, they, uh, they get there, and they kind of move in, and I remove myself from the situation. I'm not much of a help. Yeah. And, uh, mm. Pretty much just all at one point, the ambulance was just like looking at me and I was in the driveway. I threw up and they were, they wouldn't say anything. And I was like, where is Myla? And they were like, she's inside. And, um, yeah, I kind of knew she had died. I didn't know kind of how it went in there. I had a little bit of hope, but not really. And that's the last time I saw her was, um, the blanket over her with her hand sticking out. And that's when my life 
Change forever. Forever. So was there a part of you, like, in that moment, like, you said, like, you knew that she was gone, but, like, you were like, I just don't want to believe it. So you feel like there was, like, that fight inside of you. Yeah. I, I, I had this – it was just such a horrible feeling when I found her in the bed because I was – never let her sleep in the bed. Mm-hmm. I was always, like, big on bassinet, no co-sleeping. Um, so I just knew something was really wrong. Yeah. Um, move a little closer to the yeah. mic. Yeah, you're good. And we can edit that out. I mean, not your story, but because <laughs> there, now yeah, it's moving yeah. a little more. Because um, I, I, I know that this is an impactful story. Mm-hmm. So you, the ambulance or the the medics come out and tell you. That's why I get a little annoyed with them. They don't tell me anything. Okay. They can't even really look at me. You know, I'm like that distressed mom. I think I was in a bra and a like little shorts and this like kind of like hysterical I remember yeah. like hitting my car um so I had to walk in there and I vividly remember one firefighter's face he he ripped up his like bag of whatever he had off the floor and was like she's been down a while and I was like like I, no empathy yeah no nothing comfort because I think it and it probably is so it's so traumatizing for them too because they're like doing CPR and working on a baby yeah so she had died earlier in the night in the bed. You know, we were sleeping, so we just didn't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was tough, and I, I, that's the only face I remember from that night. Yeah. Other than hers. I, I remember, like, trying to lift up her eyelid. I was like, just wake up, you know, and it... Like, it, it can't be real. Like, this yeah, cannot yeah. be real. Like, I'm in the worst nightmare in the entire world. Yeah. So, walk us through a little bit um, your... What, a year and a half or so? Yeah, like year. 14 months. Okay, okay. So tell us a little bit about that process of grief. Um, you know, I can imagine the very beginning is just all rage and sadness. Yeah, it's uh, it's hell on earth, I would say. We uh, we moved in with my parents. We were there for like three months, and it was um, very dark times. I mean, my parents are watching their baby, me, suffer, and they can't fix anything. They showed up that night, and... Um, I couldn't sleep at all, you know, I was still making breast milk. So I, I remember laying down and I would get soaked in milk and like, it's like, seems like such torture to have to go through that. And, you know, it's supposed to be for your baby who's now dead. And I would go sleep with them. Her dad would have nightmares and yell about her in his sleep. So I would just lay there trembling. Like, is this really real? Yeah. And, um, we got closer um, me and my, my parents were close on such a different level now, but you just, it's just like one hour at a time, maybe like one minute, minute at a time. Yeah. Yeah. You have no hope. I did. I lost all hope, I would say. Um, and then one thing that changed me is we went to Georgia, my parents hunting property and my, my mom was like, I was talking to your brother and I, I was like, you don't understand what Lauren's like. She's like a zombie. She's like, she looks gray. And I remember thinking, if I stay this way, I'm going to miss out on, like, everything else with whoever I have left. You know, I have to, like, somehow function again to where I can feel, like, some sliver of joy. And it took, like, it took a few months. Yeah. So, in this process, like, are you feeling, like, suicidal? Are you just feeling numb? Um, I, rem- I was scared to be alive. I was never, like, suicidal. Like, I, I was like, I get why people do it now. Right. 
But I was like, I can't ever do this to my mom. Like, because now I know what it feels, what it feels like. like to lose a baby. Yeah. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to be this miserable mess my whole life. Like, I don't know. But the where I started getting slivers of joy. Now, this is a messy, messy, messy time for so long. I mean, I would go drinking and, you know, I, I, I eventually moved back home to my house. I had left her father. So I lived alone. I cried a lot. But I asked to be brought to church I did not know Jesus at all and then I Mariah and Carson brought me there actually three days after she died and I still go like all the time now and it's the one thing that felt like it kind of recharged you enough to make it another few days yeah and um but it was so messy in between all that yeah so what do you feel I mean you're saying you were a believer beforehand you know, and I feel like when people go through this level of grief, you go one or two ways. Mm-hmm. You run and you curse God and, mm-hmm. it, the, you know, the impossible has happened or you run to him. Was there, was that out of desperation or did you feel like you felt like the softness of Jesus near you? So you wanted to learn more or was it because you're like just grasping to try and find some sort of hope? It was that. It was complete desperation. Yeah. I had never felt... I'm like a pretty always happy, tough, I can do this kind of person. And I just knew instantly. I was like, I'm going to die from like pain or heartbreak or I'm just going to wither away. It felt like I could just melt into the floor. Yeah. And um, I did start to feel a little relief there. Like I did. And it didn't last forever. Like it's not like it fixes everything, but you don't feel as alone. Yeah. Um, and I'm just lucky that I had the support system. They drove me there. Like I wasn't functional. To, like I cried the whole service yeah. kind of thing. I, I don't really remember anything, but I just kept going back. I spent Christmas at church alone. Like I went there on tr- that Christmas, you know, which was just two months after she died. And now I go like every Sunday. I get a lot from it. Um, yeah. I imagine Jesus with me when I'm having nightmares. Like I really do. I just lay there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not alone. Yeah. Well, and like, that's the biggest thing, right? Is like, because of Jesus, we have hope. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I read, and I can link it in this episode, but I read um, in 1 Thessalonians 5 the other day about, um, we don't have to grieve like the rest of the world when someone dies, that Mm -hmm. we have a hope that he's coming back for us. Mm -hmm. And that was just so beautiful and enlightening to be like, it literally in scripture says that we don't have to grieve like the rest of the world. It doesn't mean we don't grieve, but yeah. we have hope that we're going to see these loved ones again. And mm-hmm. it's not hogwash. It's not fake. Like you felt the tangible evidence of Jesus comforting you in your life mm-hmm. with your nightmares, with just, you can probably look back now and I can imagine you're still riddled with grief and confusion, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll talk to what you're about to head into as a, as a mom coming up. But I can imagine that, now that you've experienced that you know you know it's real you know like you can go through your life and we all like fade in and out in our walks at times but like now that you have this season in your life of him being so present and so active Mm -hmm. and comforting you like good luck trying to convince you that's not real right yeah like yeah that's it's a hard thing to out convince comfort from heaven yeah like when you're that low it was the only you know yeah help I had one thing where I ran on the beach and I was walking and then I had this vision of like him walking next to me and he was just like I told you you could make it this far Hmm. I just burst into tears I was was like oh my god 
like I was proud of myself and like for looking for him and not going down the you know the drugs and the the victim mentality will kill you yeah because I always I still scream out in pain in my grief ways sometimes but they don't last forever like yeah. why me like why my daughter but then if you flip it it's like well why not you mm-hmm. like why anyone else's daughter over you like this has been placed on your life like what are you going to do about it now right and I don't want to read my story in 30 years and be like oh god you know like why didn't I go that way instead of that way yeah and it's like when I look at you I see that God created such a strong girl and like God doesn't do things to us to harm us or hurt Mm -hmm. us and he didn't kill your daughter but he life happens and mm-hmm. he allows things in our life to happen mm-hmm. and it's not him being the puppet master and he didn't do this to you to prove a point the point was already proven on the cross and so when you look at your life and that he allowed this it's like he has shaped you he knows mm-hmm. your innermost parts he knows that you're strong he knows that there's a message there's a ministry there's there's so much ahead that you can't see right now mm-hmm. because you're still trudging through it. And it doesn't mean you won't always feel that void or always feel like sad about this. This is the most devastating thing in the world. But when you think about who our God is um, and you think about how he willingly gave up his kid for us. He died a tough death. Tough death. I think about that a lot now. Yeah. And... You know, scripture also says that we have a high priest who will empathize with us, Mm -hmm. that he has gone through what we have gone through. Mm -hmm. And so I just can't think of a better, obviously, person or message than Jesus Christ himself and God the Father Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit to guide you through this grief. And it brings me so much joy um, to see that you ran to him, but also joy to be able to host you on this show and to... Because your story, it matters. And I've been following your story for a while. Um, You know, I'm friends with Mariah and Carson as well, but just following on social media and Mm -hmm. just you've been very verbal and active about getting it out there. And I think that that type of processing is it helps kind of everybody like heal with you and champion you to the finish line. Like, you know, I'm sure there's some nosy people out there and people that you're like, okay, do you care about me or do you just want to know what's going on and what happened? Right. But in the same breath, you have been given this platform with your story to, to reach insurmountable grief. Mm-hmm. and that is a Jesus quality in you. Before you came to him, that's something he gave you, knowing that you would do this, mm-hmm. you know, because he believes in you because you're his baby girl. Yeah, it's yeah. like a responsibility or like to handle a tragedy in a certain way, you know? Yeah. There's nothing, like Jordan Peterson says, there's nothing more noble than someone who bears their suffering, like, honorably. Yeah. Like, you can't use it to, like, hurt other people or hold, like, hatred and anger. Yeah. And that's where my story gets kind of tough is because um, her dad took her out of the bassinet that night to hold her. He loved her and he missed her. And he most likely rolled over on her in his sleep. And I don't have any, there's no blame because we had a few drinks that night. I, you know, I used to right. blame myself. Like, what if I didn't have anything and slept better? Like, maybe I would have woke up and found her sooner, you know, or I don't blame him because it was all out of love. And so anyone who has any anger in that is like, you're just hurting yourself. Right. And you can play the what ifs and the mm-hmm. roundabout thinking of should I have done this, all these things. You could do that your whole life, which hints what you're trying not to do, which is repeat misery over and over and over mm-hmm. again. The goal to replay 
you know, any sort of misery or sadness isn't to relive the day to be angry, but to process through it so that you can come to the other side. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what that looked like with, with her dad and walking through that and continuing to be in a relationship with him a little bit afterwards. Mm -hmm. So what kind of was that process? We were both really kind to each other with the grief. Um, Men and women grieve completely different, especially mothers and fathers I've learned. And I would go off and do my own thing and he would stay home and read like novels to just not think about it. Yeah, go numb. Um, I immediately started therapy. I was clawing for like anything to help me. I was like, I got to figure out which grief is nothing you can figure out, but you have to do something. If anyone's new in it, I would just say try the therapy. I ended up stopping randomly um, when I felt like I had done enough. But he, we went our separate ways. It was a little rocky. Now we're friendly. He's doing much better. He's going to therapy, which took him a little longer. Yeah. Which is normal as the guy. And he's um, lost a lot of weight and he's really fit now. Yeah. So I'm proud of him for that. We don't talk too much. Um, And I was going to say with social media, it gives in the modern world grief is like you're scared of it and people don't talk about it so you feel so alone in grief like back in the old days you knew when someone was mourning they even did like a year of mourning i think yeah in jewish yeah religion so i have taken to being very open about my grief on instagram and it i've had people reach out and it's helped them and i think it helps me not grieve directly on like my family because they yeah. grieve themselves the yeah. old me and Myla. So it's it's been good for that. Yeah. I don't think it's weird that people people share what they eat for lunch. I mean, grief, oh, yeah. grief is the biggest thing in my life sometimes. I'm going to share it. You right, know? right. And that's what social media is. It's a way to connect with one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, social media can be used for the wrong reasons. It could be abuse, just like oh, yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's like, okay, well, if people are posting their fitness challenges and their food and their new dog, yeah, you know. Here's my daily challenge. Here's my, <laughs> yeah, like I am struggling waking up some days and yeah. grief hits harder one day than it does the other. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, healing is not linear. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. Where do you feel like you are in your healing journey? Like, do you, are you happy? Are you in an always constant state of sadness? It's it's a weird, weird mix of um, joy and sorrow, like complete, complete pain. But it's, I've been reading and listening to a lot of podcasts about grief, and it's right on, it's like, They say your grief is like your lion in the room and it can really hurt you and it's scary, but it's also like your lion. Like you're not getting rid of it. You can't get rid of it. And whether you chose that lion or not, like you learn to be friends with it. Yeah. So you have to like talk about it and you have to sit in your grief. I can't just not cry for a week. It builds up, you know? Yeah. Before, in the beginning, there's no controlling that. Now I can choose, like, I'm going to go really deep right now and, like, ball and look at pictures of her, or I can 
feel a trigger of a picture of her or something and I can be like, I can't do that right now. Yeah. Like I don't want to go there. We're yeah. And like a good time. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Where, so, um, you learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you feel like you find like the most release from grief? Is it working out? Is it gardening? I know you have a lot of different activities that you do, but where do you feel like, okay, I feel safe. I feel okay. There's distractions and then there's like, you can sit in it. I used to be scared to go back to my house where it happened. I would, I remember the first few times I went down the hallway and I would, I just stared in the room and sobbed and like where her bassinet was, I would just, I kneeled on the floor and like sobbed there. And then I rearranged furniture and I created my home now to be like my peaceful home because it was her home and it's not something I'm like scared of anymore that tortures me. Yeah. But that took months like it's this is not like a quick thing yeah um I don't even remember your question (laughs) (laughs) where do you find relief or relief working out is huge yeah and um being pregnant now with my second child I struggle with I can't work out like I I like to like really be in pain when I work out yeah always you've been that way before you know this journey yeah so pregnant you're like that's frowned upon yeah you probably should relax a little I I like power walk yeah look at you causeway walking (laughs) yeah yeah really old lady stuff yeah I don't release the same and I notice being pregnant I'm obviously completely sober yeah my working out is not my release anymore I connect more like I've been all I do is listen to gospel music. I don't want to listen to other music. Yeah. I go to church all the time. I went this morning. Mm. Um, I have to be more connected like that when I can't release as much. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like reading the Bible more, which is pretty difficult. <laughs> but I well, reading is difficult in general. Yeah, I'm not a huge reader, but definitely reading scripture. It comes with its ups and downs of like Mm -hmm. what does this mean but I've learned to like when I read something I don't know what it means I'm like I'm not gonna try and figure this out right now yeah like God will show me God will reveal it to me you know it'll come up again like the Holy Spirit is so good to reveal certain things to us in that um do you enjoy reading scripture do you feel like it's something no no okay well that's <laughs> I honest i have found like a few aha moments in it yeah but it's very hard for me to get myself to sit down and genuinely like try to comprehend for a while yeah i've been watching the chosen i love the chosen okay that's helping me yeah like that because it makes it tangible yeah and yeah living alone and i'm taking a break for social media right now i just don't have much to do like i really don't yeah like and work is, can get slow. Work is we been, were just talking about yeah. that. So I'm like, I'm. you go from solitude to feeling like alone. And I have found like peaceful solitude. Yeah. Which is, took me a long time. That takes a to. long time for a lot of people. Yeah. That's Especially why I drinking. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which I, I learned not to be hard on myself in the early grief because I'm like, I shouldn't be. I'm hungover. This is so stupid. You know, I don't feel good. Yeah. But then I'm like, I didn't want to place a bunch of rules on myself. Like, you're not allowed to drink at all anymore. Right. You know, I, I had to go through. The, I don't regret it. I just, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. All you or know? nothing mentality. Like, even when people are trying to, like, lose weight and they're like, I'm never eating a carb again. Yeah. You're bound to eat a carb That's again. Not, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with that. It's like, if I say I'm never drinking again or I'm never. And there are some things cold turkey that people should maybe quit. Mm-hmm. Like hard drugs. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad, shout out. Yeah, he, yeah, he right. Yeah, He's exactly. Like, it's okay to cold turkey things like that. But yeah. I mean, when it comes to other things, sometimes it's like, all right, 
peeling back, like you're saying, finding yeah. things to replace it with is huge when mm-hmm. it when it comes to that. Um, where do you feel like you're at relationally? Do you feel like you could allow a man in your life and love them and cultivate that? Yeah, I do. Um, they're just going to have to, the grief is part of me now. Like it's not going anywhere and it can bring out some of the best of me, but like they, I'm just, my experience, you experience grief. And I think I used to be worried that I wouldn't be able to feel again. I can, but it's got to be such a deep connection. Yeah. Of like a teammate and like love. Right. So I don't. Like a best friend. Like marriage is terrifying to me. Yeah. So I'm Uh, like, one day I I believe in it, but I'm not like searching. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want to be married or no? You're afraid of. I I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah. It's a weird concept. Because, I mean, I'm not married either, but... So legal. It's, yeah, it's so, it's more like, again, I believe in it too, and I think it's a beautiful thing, but I'm like, uh, I err on the side of, gosh, this is forever. <laughs> and I know, like, that sounds horrible, and I hope one day that doesn't terrify the man I'm with. Yeah, my future husband doesn't watch this and go, wow, she's terrified of forever. I'm not. It's just, it feels so, like, yeah, daunting when you're not, when you... But it's the same thing with anything. I bet you that's how it felt when you're about to give birth. Like, it's a very, like, when yeah. you have no experience in something, it's, it's scary. It's how I felt going to real estate. It's how I felt into most big decisions of my life where I'm like, yeah. someone's trusting me to do this right now. Like, shouldn't I, like, have some, ask permission? It's like, I'm 28. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a very interesting, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also an interesting thing when you're single and you're like, wow. But I. I do, I think, with what you're saying, too, with grieving Myla and just, you know, now about to have another baby, it's this, well, he better be okay with the entire thing. Oh, yeah. Because it comes with me. Oh, yeah. Like, the ups, the downs. Like, the... Myla's going to be included in family pictures. Like, yeah. I hold a picture of her up sometimes. Like, yeah. When I count my kids, it's going to be, you know, two. And mm-hmm. it's a weird... The more I learn about other people's lives, it's like everyone's lying. Like everything is so messy. The divorce rate is so high. Yep. So I'm just like, I don't care much what people think. I thought that was true before this happened, but now it's really like you don't even know me or what what I've felt or been through. And I don't know you and your life might be way more messy than I could imagine. That you let on on social media. Yeah, so... Right. I'm just going to see. I do probably have a negative outlook on marriage, which I'm working on. <laughs> Gross. I'm Growth working and healing. on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the same thing with anything in our life. Like, And I know that you say like your, your suffering is a part of you now, and I'm not negating that or saying that mm-hmm. it's not, but you also don't know in five years from now if joy will be a bigger partner to you. And that's yeah. a hard thing for you to fathom because you haven't reached that yet. You're mm-hmm. still dr- like trudging through like horrible grief. Like it's yeah. like it like I'm sure when when you tell people your story too, they they don't even know how to respond because it's the most painful thing someone can walk through on this side of like in yeah. on earth, like on the side of heaven. Like it's a it's not a it doesn't warrant a response of well, Joyce coming. No, right? I think that's, yeah, I was thinking about that when I came on here. It's, there's not like a perfect thing to say. Mm-mm. So that's, but it's also don't be scared to be around someone who's grieving because grief demands a witness. Like when you're really grieving, you want to be like, this happened to me and I need 
does anyone care? Like, yeah. does the world hear me? Because I'm dying here. Right. And then everything just keeps going on and on and on. And just just to be there, my grandpa showed up at my parents' house, like, right after this happened. And he just sat there. And he mm. didn't say anything. And he was like, there's nothing I can say. He's like, this might be the worst thing that's happened in my life. But I'm just going to sit here. And I was like, mm. that's awesome. That's all. Like, I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. And I was not great at helping people grieving before in my life like I, I apologized to my sister-in-law when her father passed I was like I should have been there more I didn't know what to do so I just kind of didn't do anything and she understands and so like yeah. now anyone I welcome it I'm like you're grieving my other friend's dad died recently I was like come on over you just know sit. we can just yeah sit. whatever we can yeah. cry we don't have to cry we have to talk about and, it we can talk about it yeah I am not scared of crying yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah it's just you learn and you got to share it, I think. Yeah. You can't hold it in. You can't outrun grief. Like, men, I get it. They're always they're just told to be so tough, but it's not going anywhere. So yeah. the sooner you, like, face it. And work through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I think the other thing, and kind of piggybacking off of what we were just talking about, and about how, like, there really is joy ahead, and it almost mm-hmm. seems cruel to say that to somebody who's suffering so mm-hmm. deep. I can imagine it's like, Okay, thank okay, you. Shut up. Yeah. yeah, like you suck. Don't yeah. pat me on the head. But it's the reality of it. And I think what's great about your transparency with your story is you have witnessed the comfort of Jesus. You have mm-hmm. witnessed joy. Like you have laughed. You have smiled. Mm-hmm. It might not be as contagious and deep as it was before all of this, mm-hmm. but you've had glimpses of mm-hmm. brighter days. Yeah, and it's there. It's there. It's and you've there. had these these windows and these moments. Do you feel like you will compare your next baby to Myla? How do you feel going into motherhood? Very excited. Like, I have a very motherly, like, instinct. I'm I'm not kidding. It felt so natural to me. I, I loved it so much. Um, but it is scary. I'm going to be probably a little neurotic, you know. Um, but I'm excited. And yeah. I he's going to know about her. Um I don't want him to grow up in her shadow. No, yeah. But like next to her cuz she's still here somehow, you know. Yeah. So it's a it's a mind game really. Yeah. I have quite a few lost mom friends and they're like we still don't know what to say to each other. We're just like I don't want to say how are you doing, but like thinking about you, love you, yeah. you know, yeah. on anniversary days or death days or birthdays. It's Yeah. You just keep keep on keeping on. Yeah. And I have a great family support system for this next baby mm-hmm. and i noticed too that you're we have mutual friends um jess and tim mm-hmm. um and i worked up the creek for like five years and i remember meeting peyton and mm-hmm. you know and then just the grief of that and she just had her baby yeah um her baby boy and you know, you know crazy what she named her baby boy what i was gonna name this boy august because it's the birth the month milo was born what? But something made me change it to name him after my dad, Van. Wow. I know. She I did not know that. Yeah, she, she didn't know that know either. That. She wow. still doesn't know well, that. Well, she'll find out here. I'll yeah. send it to her. But yeah. no, and just, again, she, you know, she had her baby just maybe a week or so ago, like mm-hmm. fresh, fresh baby boy. Mm-hmm. And it's that same thing of like she had posted something and I was like, wow, like the strength, the honor the mm. rebuilt hope the you're in shambles i mean it's just 
it's messy. It's messy. Yeah, it's messy. And, you know, if those of you who are watching or listening have never experienced this grief um, or this level of grief, of course, we do not wish that upon you. Um, But it is this, it's a nasty, nasty thing uh, that we weren't meant to go through. No, but everyone kind of does, you know, in this life on Babylon and Earth. I mean, it's what I was, that leads me to say. I just wrote this the other day. I journal a lot. And I said, you can choose to let the devil in your grief or God. You can let it be the darkest parts of you mm-hmm. or, like, the brightest parts of you. And there's no doubt the darkest is going to come out. But, like, as I grow in my grief, I'm like, okay, well, this is making me more patient and more appreciative and grateful of such simple things. And I have to keep working at that. It's not like one day you're like, I'm going to let myself be bright from my grief. Yeah. You know, I have to fight for it. Or I could get mean and, like, cynical and hate the world. Yeah, and it's that's, weird. like, another, like, wild thing to watch your story that, and there's a scripture that says don't let any, you know, root of bitterness grow up in you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the root has tried to budge its way through a bitterness. And you have just, I mean, you're a gardener. Oh, and yeah, you're like, gardeners. you're like, I'm going to prune that bitterness right out. Yeah. And that is such an honorable, beautiful thing. And I can't even imagine the beauty and the the joy that you're going to experience when you see Mila again, when you literally are just walking so into heaven exciting. and, you know, you're one day closer every day to seeing her again. I know. I one know. day I'm, closer. I, I've heard, I've heard that a lot of lost parents say that and it's true. Then you throw another one in the mix and it's like. I don't want to leave you here. Yeah, you know? no. Well, you're bringing so them like, with you. Yeah. Like, we're all going. You know, yeah, if you believe point. in Jesus, you know, you will enter into heaven and you'll be restored to those. And mm. that's the hope that we have that this life, I mean, it, it's just such, it's a mist. It's yeah, a it's quick weird. little blip on the radar and the things that, and if I hope for those of you guys watching and listening, can look at your life and not water down your work and not water down the things that matter to you, but it's so trivial. It like is so it's trivial. so like again, not that you are trying to be riddled in bitterness of like this doesn't matter. Like, yeah, like nothing matters. Nothing here. matters, right? You know, and we see that in scripture too in Ecclesiastes of like this is meaningless and you know, grief is a real thing. Um, and there's a season and there's a time for this, mm-hmm. but there's also a time for joy. There's mm-hmm. also, you know, scripture says that we sow in tears and reap in joy. That's a real thing. And I believe that for you and I'm excited yeah. for you. And you are working towards that every single day, every day, every day yeah. you're doing it. You're not. And it's funny because it may be not funny, maybe ironic, but you know, all of this energy that you spent your whole life and still do working out. Like, it's a beautiful grit that you have. You are applying that grit to your mental and spiritual health. It does help, I will say. Um, Anyone who doesn't work out, it is the best outlet for anything to me. When I was in a good mood, I'm like, yeah, let's go to the gym. When I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, oh, I need to go to the gym. Gym, yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. When she first died, I, you can't eat, you know, and I was just two months postpartum. I healed fast, but I was so skinny. I looked... I was like anorexic looking because yep. you can't eat. 
And so I finally worked out like a month and a half. I did my first workout after that. And that like tipped the ball rolling in like a good forward motion of like doing something good for myself. And Milo workouts. Yeah. And then I started dedicating all of them to her. And I'm looking back at the old ones I did and I'm like, I was psycho. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of the workouts. I'm like, I'm there in spirit. I don't think I can do these. I'm not as fit as you. Now I'm like power walking. Yeah. Yeah. All for Milo. And now you're your baby boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just. It's unreal to watch. Um, it's super inspirational. It's encouraged my faith to to watch oh, you through you. this. And I don't know if you remember saying this years ago before you even had Myla. And I think you told me or maybe Rye or both of us that the gym was your church. Yes. Yeah, I talk about that a lot now. Yeah. I didn't need it. I, they tried to get me to go to church for years. I was like, I'm happy. You know, I don't know what I believe, but... I like the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you you're know, like pretty church. adamant about that. Yeah. And it's crazy now. Like the church is your gym. It's where you're working some stuff out. Oh, yeah. And again, yeah. that is not because God did this to you or because he was trying to show you something. It's You do learn and you do know about God when you go through grief. And you mm-hmm. he does show you who he is. But this world is cruel and it's full of sin and brokenness and unjust. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look everywhere and not see fair. it's not fair. You can see that everywhere. And us as believers, again, we are we have to be hinged to something deeper and far beyond this. Mm-hmm. Because you'll go insane. You'll go insane. Here. No, yeah, I would not be here. And now you're spreading hope um, to. And I'm so excited to share this episode because. Shortly after that journey you had, I have a friend on Facebook. Um, she's one of my Gainesville friends, Go Gators. And um, she, her baby boy passed away from SIDS oh, wow. within like a couple months. And, you know, she just came up on the year anniversary and posted about it. And I'm like, oh, my word. Like, that is such a so heavy. terror from hell, the pit of hell for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lauren, I just see so much hope and so many open doors and opportunities for you to share about the comfort of Jesus and the comfort of your friends and family and how you can smile again. Yeah, and you can smile and cry at the same at time. At the same actually. time. You can hold both. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's the journey that, you know, that you've been on. But I'm just so excited for you because the healing and the fact that you're really just using some weed killer on this bitterness route and on this anger, you're, it doesn't mean you don't experience these feelings and you're not faking it. If there's mm-hmm. anything you can glean from Lauren Jackson, she won't be fake to I'm you. Really blunt. <laughs> She's very blunt, but it's a great thing. Yeah. And that's ultimately what's going to help people heal. Yeah. And yeah. that testimony. Yeah. And I just, for anyone grieving it, if you're in a conversation with someone and you're grieving and they, even have the bravery to bring up like yeah well i lost my brother or whatever you can either like go i'm sorry and shut away from it or you can be like you can get so authentic and, and engage like, i lost my son last year like i'm so sorry and i meet people all day through work strangers and i've met so many people who have lost a kid mm. because i had the nuts to say yeah that i have and then they're like Oh my gosh, me too. One was like 30 years ago and she started crying and she hugged me and I'm like, it doesn't go away, Yeah, you know, but just, they need to talk about it. Yep. That's where I'm at. I'm like, people are so scared to talk about like the scary stuff. 
But like I'm seasoned to it now. Yeah. Like I want to hear your story. Yeah. You know? And you don't have fear. You you overcame fear by moving back in your home. You've overcome fear by being alone for a while and not being, you know, mm-hmm. tied into a relationship. You've overcome fear at night with your terrors because yeah. of Jesus. Like you you've you're you look fear like in the eyes and you grab it by the horns. It doesn't always look like that. Also. Yeah. But, Sometimes I'm, I'm crying, but I'm yeah, still there. But you're still fighting. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we are so thankful that you are fighting and that you have fought some of the hardest days and that you are still here and that you chose to stay and that you chose to open yourself up to being a mom again. And I know mm-hmm. that's your big desire is to love your babies and nurture them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these these babies whether it's just this one or 10 more to come i want a lot yeah (laughs) and i can totally see it and but you're gonna be such an amazing mom to be able to nurture these kids and then remind them like who ultimately loves them the most is their heavenly father Mm -hmm. and again it's not going to take away what happened it's not going to make it seem like it doesn't matter or isn't as heavy but I am just so hopeful for you that this is going to be such an exciting season to hold you. your baby and kiss your baby's face mm-hmm. and breastfeed and and rebuild hope and restructure your your thinking and help others do the same because I know that your heart is to look at somebody else that could be grieving either from loss or or just grieving because something just is really hurting them or frustrating mm-hmm. them or mental health you want to step into the pages just like people have stepped onto yours. And so, Lauren, we are getting to that point of show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down. So what did you write it down? Uh, fight for hope. Hmm. Yeah, that was it because uh, it'll keep you going. That's, yeah. You don't know what it's like to be hopeless unless you've had it. So losing it, I knew I had to fight really hard really fast, you know? So. Yeah. And Lauren is a fighter um, with with all things. And I love that encouragement to fight for hope. And, you know, I'd love to have you back on with your with your newborn. Yeah, I think yeah. that we'll be, he sleeps. Better yeah. Than yeah. So if he's sleeping or if he's a little older or whatever, I would love to to continue to partner with you and, and sharing your story because yeah. it's it's impactful and you know, it's, it's going to bring hope to other people's stories. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I hope it does. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the write it down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to write it down, please subscribe, share with your friends. And if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.